Welcome, I'm Victoria Schneps, president of Schneps Media. And today we are saluting power women. And I'm thrilled to be able to interview and to have you meet Mylan Dinnerstein. Mylan is the partner, not an easy thing to achieve, the partner in Gibson, Dunn and Crutcher, a very highly esteemed international law firm. I was very jealous when I saw my, that uh, you have an office in Beijing. It's my favorite city to shop in. <laughs> have you been to Beijing? I have not, but I like to shop. So that's good to know. Well, there's this whole building. It's called the Silk Market. And in this building is a whole floor, one whole floor. They just sell shoes and pocketbooks. Then another floor, they just sell pearls. Then another floor, they sell just dresses. Another floor, I mean, it's fantasy land. <laughs> and I've had the pleasure of being in Beijing about three times. And each time it's like, oh, can I stay longer? <laughs> Sounds lovely. Besides the Great Wall, of course, you know, you've got to be very, <laughs> there are a few tourist things that I did catch walking the Great Wall of China. But to me, it was like a bonus to be in that uh, great city. So I am so proud to have you here with us. And I kind of wanted to have you share the kind of background you had growing up of a person that might have influenced you in your earliest of years. Can you share who was the power person behind you in your earliest years? Sure. I actually would say it was a few people in my family. And I come from a family of strong women. My grandmother uh, was very much a part of my life, my mother's mother growing up. She was an African-American who was so proud of being a secretary in the federal government in Washington, D.C. And she taught me you have to really take pride in your work. Um, she used to read over my briefs and pride herself in finding a grammatical error. So she was just so proud. But when she was coming of age, of course, she didn't have the same opportunities that I did. And I really understood that, that I had been given a gift. And I learned a lot from her about hard work and perseverance and being proud of what you do, no matter what it is you're doing. So let me ask you, in terms of how this kind of led you towards the law, was this something that you wanted to do from, you know, I wanted to be a teacher for my second grade teacher. Tell me about you and how you got to the path you're on now. Certainly. Uh, I, uh, when I was, went to high school, I participated in a mock trial program. And uh, it's now, did you go to that, school in New York City? I did. I went to Stuyvesant High School. Um, oh, wow. And, so you got a premier education. <laughs> I, I got a fabulous premier public education because yes. my parents could not afford any kind of private school. And it was just, it was fabulous. And when I participated in this mock trial program, so this is high school, I think I did it my junior year of high school. I just fell in love with the idea of going to court and being able to argue cases. I didn't come from a family of lawyers, but it really sparked my interest. And it's a program that's still around today that's run by the bar um, for high school students to really get them interested in the law. So that really sparked my interest and it continued. I went to college thinking I was going to go to law school. And I think everybody thought I was a little crazy. You Please. mean the family members? No, just even my, 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 my friends at college, because I was very determined that I was going to go to law school. How do you know? <laughs> but I knew, but I, it really was from that experience. I knew I wanted to be a litigator. 
Well, I think, you know, litigating takes my late husband was a litigator and it takes a special kind of personality <laughs> to be able to be a litigator. So, um, you know, when you went on your path into uh, government, how did you get your, you know, when you graduated, I heard, uh, I read, I should say, uh, the great law school wanted to talk about the law school you attended and uh, how it led you to your first job. Sure. I was lucky enough to attend Columbia University School of Law. And again, it was a great education. And one of the things I took advantage of there was participating in clinics. And mm. again, because that was an opportunity to go into the courtroom as opposed to just reading books and talking about the law, you got to actually participate and actively practice. And so I participated in a family law clinic and learned a ton about family law in New York City and going to court and helping parents reunite with their children, which was incredibly rewarding. So oh, yes. again, it I knew I wanted to be in the courtroom. And so uh, Columbia gave me a lot of opportunities to do that, even while taking classes. So with that, then you leaped not to litigating, but it leaped into government. Correct? Yes, although government is one of the best ways to learn how to litigate. If you're comparing government to the private sector, many times in the private sector, you don't have, at least as a young person, as many opportunities to go into the courtroom. So, uh, but if you are in government, you, there's, you're basically in charge. So one of my earlier jobs was working for the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York as an assistant United States attorney. And when you start there, you are handed a series of cases. And I mean, you are in charge of them. So you are figuring out whether or not there is a charge that can be filed. You are preparing the papers. You're going to court. You're arguing the case. You're trying the case if it gets to that point. It was just a fantastic experience and just a it was so exciting to represent the United States and it was a great training ground. And so I think there are advantages to being part of government because you can often have experiences and opportunities that you might have to wait a lot longer for in the private sector. So I know that you did work for the governor as when he was attorney general and then when he became governor. What was it like working there? It was a great experience working what for What part of that, wait, wait, let me just intro and say, what part uh, did you work with, with him and with his uh, team when, you, when he became governor? So when Governor Cuomo became governor, he was elected for his first term in uh, 2010 and he took office in 2011. I was his chief counsel and principal legal advisor. And I think that was one of the best work experiences I've ever had in my life because when you are part of the executive, you have an opportunity to influence the state by, for example, passing legislation. So I worked with Governor Cuomo and many others on passing marriage equality. Um, that happened oh. my first year in 2011. And I, I, it's, I think one of the best, best experience I've ever had in my life is being part of a team that is working to create a right for people. And it was incredibly powerful and impactful. And uh, that's what I loved about the executive is you can be incredibly impactful. You're in a courtroom, you're litigating a case. You, when you pass a law, you can sort of eliminate the problem or, or create new opportunities. So that was really exciting. 
So how did you pass from him and that and was stolen away into corporate America in your journey to be partners now? I mean, you obviously earned the right to be a partner in this uh, very prestigious law firm. You know, after my many years in government, I was ready for a change. Mm. And I was it burnout. Do you get to the point of burnout that it's um, because I'm sure he's a demanding boss. That's why he's so successful. He is a demanding boss, but frankly, all of my bosses have been demanding, um, including clients. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I, I wanted to just have a totally different experience. I think after working for Governor Cuomo as his chief counsel, you know, I, I didn't want another government job. I wanted to do something totally different. And uh, now I have the opportunity to help clients to understand government. And so I can be involved in internal investigations or just, and and I think sometimes the private sector doesn't understand government and I can take everything I've learned from all of my experiences and Mm -hmm. use that to help companies. You know, for me, the greatest satisfaction is when I can help a company achieve a good result and help them negotiate with government to reach a good outcome. And I think, you know, they both need each other. I think sometimes we forget that. You know, business is incredibly important. Um, business employs people. They we make they make great products. There's so much good that come from, can come from it, and the same is true for government. And so I try to use my skills from government to help my clients in the private sector, and and I love it. Well, you know, I noticed that you are also on the diversity and community affairs committee of this. How many partners? How many people are on this in this law firm? Because um, it's an international firm. Yes, there are 1,300 lawyers in the <laughs> firm worldwide. So yes, it's big. So as I'm, I'm actually also on the executive committee of our firm, um, and that committee runs the firm, um, which is a two billion dollar enterprise. So that's also, you know, been really a wonderful experience learning about the business of law. You know, mm-hmm. which is also quite different than government or. Or even just being a partner, it's learning about the business of law is a huge, obviously, if you're going to be part of a law firm, it's a business and mm-hmm. understanding that is critical to success. So that's been great. So uh, as part of the diversity um, committee, I have really worked hard to try to, with, with the team at Gibson, to ensure that there are opportunities for our diverse attorneys, especially underrepresented groups, Black uh, African-Americans like myself, but how about just women? Because I women, know, yes, we, women, we know, everything. you know, where are right. we in the boardrooms? Right, 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 exactly. We're, well, we're not where we should should be. There should be more of us everywhere. I have, absolutely. Right. So um, working on not just recruiting people to the firm, because that's critical, but also retaining them is the next mm-hmm. important thing. And then elevating them. Because if you only do one thing, recruit, you're not going to be successful. You have to do the other two pieces, which is make sure you can retain people. And that means making sure they're getting the opportunities they should. And then making sure that the elevation process is there for them. So I work with the chief diversity officer and several other partners who are equally committed to making sure that Gibson Dunn is the most diverse and inclusive place it can be. You know, to uh, run a $2 billion business and be involved in the development of the talent, that's what kind of keeps it going and growing, correct? Absolutely. And also, it just, the truth of the matter is we need all sorts of talent to be successful. You know, every client doesn't have the same type of problem. Every client isn't going to relate to the same type of lawyer. So the more diverse we are, 
better able we are to serve our clients. And I really believe that to be true. And it's, it is true. The community affairs committee is, is a little bit different. And each of our offices, we try to do a significant amount of pro bono work, but also partner with community organizations. And we all contribute money to assist community organizations, but also to do different types of pro bono work. So in the pandemic, that's been challenging because, you know, we used to have a, you know, a coat drive or all sorts of things that you can't necessarily do remotely, but we've tried to raise a lot of money for institutions in New York, like food pantries, domestic violence shelters, because we want to be part of the fabric of our community and make sure we're contributing appropriately. Well, I think, you know, you and I could talk about that piece all by itself for a long, long time. Because that is such a, um, you know, I'm very interested in how it works in the communities and and the people that you're helping. Uh, But I'm very fascinated as well by um, the fact that you've juggled the balls of a family of children. And what secrets to success would you share with us about what you would recommend for someone to be in this position that you are in? I'll tell you that you're a great success, so you can be modest, but I would love to hear some ideas of what people need to do to be successful. I'm going to say one is be yourself. You really can't be successful being somebody else. So you have to be yourself. And and that, I think, cuts across everything. You have to be yourself at work. You have to be yourself as a parent. Um, I do not believe there is one exactly right way to parent. And, you know, as a result of my work, Have I had to miss certain events for my children? Yes. Have I been to tons of events? Yes. But what I don't do is judge myself about that and say, oh God, I'm a terrible parent because I can't do X, Y, and Z. I think I'm actually a really good parent because I try to instill certain values in my children and in our family. And I think you just got to be flexible. So I think being yourself is critical. And then the second thing is not being so hard on yourself that you're not able to do everything perfectly. People always ask me, how do you balance everything? And I say, I don't balance everything. I'm not walking on a balance beam. It's much more like a seesaw. Sometimes I'm working all the time when I'm on trial, but then when I'm not on trial, I try to take a step back and catch up and do other things. So I I, I think you have to be, I don't believe that there's, um, you know, imperfection. I believe in doing the best you can. But great advice. Well, you have juggled the balls so beautifully and have uh, been able to people's lives affect change through whether it be your work in government or today your work at this firm and working on this community affairs committee and making diversity a real a reality for the firm. So I am so proud to have been talking to Mylon Dennerstein, who is a partner in Gibson, Dunn and Crutcher and is also a mother a wife, a great success. So thank you, a power woman in the true sense of the word. Great talking to you. This is Victoria Schnepp saying, see you next time. Bye now. Thank you.